Go for it. So I think his name was Jared. Jared. Jared called uh, called the shop, and I was reading. We have caller ID now. Mm-hmm. Like they they turned it off at one point, but now it's back. So now I looked over and I was like, "Man, this is some kind of funeral home." I'm definitely taking this call. So we got into the conversation and everything, and um, he started referencing the uh, the podcast. And you know, we just, I was like, "Dude, I got to tell you." Well, I got to ask you this: Are you really calling from a funeral home? Because I talked to this other guy. Mm-hmm. His caller ID said Mr. Badass. Nice. So, yeah. So I was like, "How do you do that?" Well, I'm about to tell you. So okay. I was like, "I got to take this call." So I picked it up because I saw it on the caller ID. So I asked him about. it. I said, "Is your last name Badass for real?" Go, he just started laughing. So I guess his friend went into his Verizon account. Mm-hmm. So it's a Verizon. I don't know if you can do with anything else, but Verizon, you can go into your account and go into the settings and change your caller ID to read something specific. Nice. So the name that I like to use a lot when I go to like Joe's Crab Shack, mm-hmm. when they're like, yeah, it's a 45 minute wait. And they're like, what's your name? I say, Dr. Venkman. Nice. Yep. And then they go, oh, okay, doctor, no problem. And then they, you know, five minutes later, I get a table. Yep. So that's. I'm, I'm yeah, you're right. all ghostbusted out. <laughs> yeah, so. I was George Maguccio when I was little. <laughs> well, I tell it to the younger crowd because they don't watch Ghostbusters, do they? Right, they don't memorize right. the shit. I watched mm-hmm. that shit every day when I was a kid. Yeah, they don't have that memorized. So anyways, going back, uh, caller ID stuff. But uh, I took my daughter. I, I was on a uh, parent volunteer field trip. Nice. And I, I think it was political because I was the only dad there. Mm-hmm. So I assume that not a whole lot of dads volunteer or the field trip because the other were moms. Well, dads are expected to work. Moms are expected to take right. care of the And kids. I needed a day off. I was like, I need to take a day off and hang out with my girl. And I, I've never been to the Denver Museum. And she wanted me to uh, ride the bus with her. Which museum? Because there's so many. Which one did you go to? The, the uh, natural the one history over, one? The yeah, big one? That's the, my, I like the that one. The one over by the zoo. We remem- Yes, we remember mm-hmm. that. Yep, that's a good one. A- IMAX Theater. Yeah, the IMAX. Yeah, yeah we saw a cool it. movie with dogs and stuff like that. Nice. I'm a big dog fan. You guys know that. Um, so... We're on the bus, and I'm not used to being. I'm used to being around my six year old. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to being around everyone's six year old. Right. So I have a group of five kids, and I was like, "All right, here, you know, we got little name tags and stuff, and our our names were in blue." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Blue team, cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. blue team. So yeah. I was like, "You, you, 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 you." Come with me. And then we went over to a corner, and I sat down in one of their tiny chairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like six foot tall, right? Mm-hmm. So I sat down in one of their tiny chairs, and I said, you guys are now blue team. You don't have names. You're just blue team. And when I put my finger in the air and circle it up, I say, blue team, rally on me. You find where I'm at. You come to me. There you go. And they were like, all right. So high fives all around. So we get on the bus, and uh, the bus driver was like, sit down, shut up. And I'm like, good. Things haven't changed since we were kids. Right, you know? right. And... Um, it escalated real quick because she was talking about the rules of the bus. And then one of the kids was like... Bus safety brief. Yeah, bus safety brief. We got the bus safety brief. Everybody head and eye straight forward. Exits are here, 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 here. Mm-hmm. And Mike's doing the hand uh, flight attendant <laughs> thing so you guys right? know. So um, one of the kids is like, bus driver, how come we don't have seat belts? And she goes, it's a long story. And then it got real quiet and she goes... I'll give you the short version. If it's the, drowned. If the bus is on fire and everybody's burning up, I don't have time to walk around and cut all the seatbelts off. And I'm just kind of, I'm like, put my head down a little bit, start laughing, you know. And all these kids are just like eyes real big. Yeah, yeah. And then she sits down and she goes, this is called the student mirror because I can see all of you. So I looked over at the teacher and I 
pulled out my cell phone. I was like, I had some messages to check. I said, can I use my cell phone? Is that okay? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know all the rules. The rules yeah, right, I, right. I got the, the briefing. Um, so we get there. Actually, and cell phones probably make buses quiet now because everybody's got their face oh, everybody's in their phone. In the, and they shut up. Yeah, yeah. but we, were, we used to fight on the bus, yeah. full drag. We yeah. used to have... Hands and arms out yeah. the windows. You know what they don't do anymore on the bus? What's that? Try to get the truck drivers to, to honk, honk the, the horn. horn. Yeah. yeah, they don't do that anymore. No. Uh, I had to show that to a bunch of kids. Because I group. went to a tech school. I went to a, a vocational tech school. I was an electrician in school. Mm-hmm. I only did half a year of high school. The other half I was in shop. Correct. Well, we used to go on the bus and go build and do build houses and work on stuff. So I was in the bus twice as much as most other people who went to a regular high school. So we did all that stuff. Yeah. The uh, one of the funny things that we got when we got to the. Uh, the museum. Mm-hmm. Every single school in Denver is there. Was there on field trip day because it, next week is. Spring I've break. seen that. Yes, I've seen that. <clears throat> so we're stuck in the traffic circle. We're an hour and a half late because there was an accident on I twenty five. So we had to skirt all around Denver just to go back into Denver. And when we get there, we're stuck in a traffic circle. And one of the teachers was like, "We're getting off here." She's like, "Open the door." And the security guard comes running over. He's like 16 years old, you know, comes running over. And he's like, you guys can't, you guys can't let students out here. The, you, do you understand you're endangering the lives of these students? Nice. And I kind of, I was stepping off the bus and I was like, slow down, son. There's a big bus in the way. I don't think anybody's going to come crashing into us. I think we're all right. Let's go kids. Right? <laughs> so I kind of, you know, mellowed him out. And he was like, oh, he was super pissed. So we get everybody. He's taking his bus. job serious. He, dude, he was in it, dude. He had his he had his badge on his belt like an undercover cop, you know. But he had the traffic vest on, so you can't really take him that serious. You yep, know? yep. So we finally get into the museum. Um, come to find out, the bus driver fucking crashed her bus. Your bus driver. Yeah, our bus driver, the one that was a shithead. Mm-hmm. And like karma, this is the karma train. It's coming back around. Smashed the whole back window with a whole another bus and everything. It was awesome. Uh, we did, I didn't get to see the accident, but I was like, this isn't the bus that we showed up in. And she was like, yeah, someone crashed into me. I was like, yeah, right. You crashed. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you driving all the way down here. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I got into the museum and I st- and I get to thinking, I'm like surrounded by all these six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how many of these six-year-olds do I think I can take before they overrun me? Nice. You know, like, like waves. Yeah, waves of the Chinese horde coming yeah, over. Yeah, just yeah. like, you know, you get like the first, Walking the first dead. round is just four of them, right? If, if patient zero kicked off and, you know. Like if the walking dead started in a preschool. Right. Yeah. And you're like, how do I get out of this preschool? I need to get to a high position. Do I get up on the mammoth tusk over here and just kind of wait them out because they're just mm-hmm. going to wait for me? Now I got to find something to throw at them. But how many do I honestly think I could take you guys need to ask yourself this, too, because you, you don't know what's going to happen. How many do you think you can take, and how many waves do you think you can take with the waves increasing ever so much? Right, right. So where do you think you're at? I don't know, man, because I'm shorter than you guys. They got a little more leverage on me because they're my height. Yeah, but yeah. they're making kids a lot smaller nowadays. No, because I'm still pretty short when it comes to that. So I think I'm still got the odds against me. I don't know. I think I can, take, I can go through quite a bit because I'm fast. Yeah. You're you know? So you got your speed and is your security. My speed is my security. <laughs> On top of that, I'm going for freaking headshots. Yeah. So when you punch a kid in the face, yes. you're, you're but, fairly, but fairly confident that that kid's going to go down. Mine's a straight shot into their face, and I'm not, not trying to underhook them. Oh, so you're just doing a straight jab. Just yeah. boop, boop. You know, give them a double well, tap. Well, I'm going to give them a face. hard one. I'm going to give them a Mike Tyson freaking cross. Yeah, through. I'm, shoot, I'm hitting them in the back of the head. 
but I'm going through the front. Donkey punching kids, yeah. dude. We're, dude, someone's going to call the cops on us anyways. This is Mike from Mile High Shooting. <laughs> Frank from Sniper's High. And welcome to the Everyday Sniper. We just had a great episode with Sergeant Keenan. Yep, thank uh, you. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. Uh, you know, we're... We're very fortunate in what we do and people being able to reach out for us and having a number, kind of like a uh, precision rifle 911 line. Well, they're calling you at the 303 255 They're calling you on that number. And people are still surprised to this day that I either pick up the phone or call them back or I'm standing right there in front. I have people come into the you, shop. You told me the other day you had somebody that Come into the out. shop. I was helping this guy for probably about you know five to ten minutes. And then I think Paul was like, hey, Mike. And I was like, hey, what? And this dude was like, dude, are you on that podcast? And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I told you, when you walk in, I'm the first desk on the right. I'm probably the first person that you see. I probably buzzed you in. Yes, exactly. So, no, it's 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 always fun. I like uh, people bring it up. I don't push it on anybody. You know, like when I talk to them on the phone, they're just like, well, what do you know? Well, I know I know enough to be dangerous. Dangerous, yep, yep. as and, we all do. So. But uh, it's it's funny. I went in and, and I told everybody I ordered up the um the barreled action from Fritz and you guys. So you're doing the you got my origin in. I I call I text you. I think it the was the left hand gay twist. Yeah, yeah, gay twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing left hand gay <laughs> twist. Uh, the 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 because that's how I roll. I know. Uh, you know, every six months just to make sure I don't like. I it. I think it's cool. You know, I yeah. mean, it's you know something different when somebody. And here's my. You had a lot of them. Well, I've had tons of them. Here's the thing is people ask me my honest opinion because, you know, they can't get you the phone. They're like, Mike, what do you think about this gain twist? I haven't got anything out of it because I haven't shot it. Well, but I, there's no negative. There's no I negative. I haven't found a yeah. negative yet, and I have four or five now I'm running on. This will be, I think, number five for me. I have not found the negative because I'm being safe. Okay, right. we're doing and I that haven't three. found the negative of a regular right. twist. Right, well, which is there is that. There isn't a negative on a regular twist. I think the gain twist helps me with different weights of bullets because they all seem to be going in the same place a lot better when the twist is variable. But um, yeah, I just ordered that up, and I, and you guys been selling, you sell them out quite a bit when they come in. You know, dude, I've done tons of two twenty four Valkyries. There's another one that no, I no, not just the Valkyrie, the gain twist. Right, the gain twist, but and uh, I say that because you came in for a 224 yeah and i had that sporter barrel on the bench until uh brandon told me there was game twist there yeah i think there's remington varmints yeah there was the uh light sporter that was there there was Mm -hmm. three of them three two two four seven twist barrels so here's the thing with that too is um we have larger shanks on these barrels and a lot of guys are trying to put them on tikas we can still get them on there because we just turned down the shank a little bit. yeah yeah so that's no problem we can still do it so if you're considering putting one on your tika we can definitely help you out with that. However, we will need the action. Once we have the action and the measurements of the action, we basically make a birth certificate for that barrel mm-hmm. to that action. And now you and, know. And now we can, in the future, if you want to, you know, um, take your barrel off at home and then us send you a barrel, do a barrel up for you and send it to you, it'll fit on your gun. So we can do some pre-fit after we get some measurements to certain actions. And, and originally... Just expect to send it in. Yeah, originally that sporter barrel was so thin, so Fritz was like, hey, dude, let's not do a 5.8 thread, let's do a 9.16. 9.16, too. And I'm like, yeah, okay, because Thunder Beast has the 
uh, breaks. It's kind for, of a go-to thread pitch if you can't get you, if you can't get five well, twenty four. My, my tack op suppressor is a nine sixteen. Perfect. Right. So, but then and that's a direct thread. Yeah. Okay. So when Brandon said, "Hey, there was the heavier ones." They use, those were Braden. full bl- Braden, not Brandon, Braden. Dude, you described him to a T. You were like, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> what's up, guy? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> he, 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 he was a full taper, almost uh, like a you know, heavy palma type of thing. So we're going to just do a normal thread. But you had ordered up the origin action with the 6.8 bolt head, uh, for me. Mm-hmm. So that way I can run the 2.2.4. We ordered a few of those, and uh, no sooner did they get in, people were like already knowing that we had them. And, They're out. Uh, it took about 10 uh, days for you to get it. Yeah, it, took, it didn't take long for us to get it. Once you, because you sent me that email, you're like, hey, get me an action. And I was like, all right, let me make a phone call. And then they were like, oh, yeah, they're already on order. And I was like, put Frank's name on one of them. We're good to go. Yeah, yeah. So whether you thought I ordered you one or it made it called in a special favor, I didn't. They no, were already it's on still, the way. Yeah, but it's still, uh, it, you know, to have my name on one so I can grab it. Because if I forget and mm-hmm. I don't remember, it's like, oh, shit, I get out there. Well, that's what you got me for. I'm like your yeah, S4. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hey, dude, I need this. All right, cool. Here I'm still waiting for like a, 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 a turn in cheap ass AT. You have a couple there, but I, I want to grab one. You know, Wait until like uh, the end of the year, like where we have we have the law enforcement demo fleet of AI rifles. Mm-hmm. Wait until you know when it starts coming around to Christmas, Black Friday. Yeah, because I just where we like to one. rotate out our demo fleet. Yeah, and then you know you may have dude, you may get lucky and have not a whole lot. You're probably gonna swap the barrel anyways, but whatever. Um, but you may end up with like a small firing pin and like maybe a 308 that only has a couple hundred rounds down the barrel. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm looking for. Something like I could just beat up and tear apart. Absolutely. That's what those guns are for. Yeah. So no, it was cool. And then, um, uh, so we were in the other day. I couldn't stay too long. But so, what do you got on the on the agenda for here that we we're going to go into look at? I want to talk a little bit about mentoring. Yeah, because um, you, 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 I had mentioned you were out with Noah. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our, our our local little hot rod uh, that's from up the road, although he's in Boulder. Shooting extraordinary, man. He's a he's a he's a great you know pistol what? shooter. He's a great pistol shooter, mm-hmm. and he has a ton of potential for precision rifle. And he does really really well. And when he started this a few years ago, um, he's kind of taken a lot of information from all around because you know we're kind of molding him like Plato. Well, we're and, lucky and he's because do, he's he was here doing in these, Colorado. The class stuff. He's doing that. He did the one thing for me on atmospherics and hunting. And, and if you were going to go out and so hunt, cla- at school at, at school, his school, right? Which yeah. a Boulder school again. So um, he did. Which the, is amazing. They let him do that. Yeah, he did an atmospherics one where so there is the, hope. B- the ballistics. Then he did the reloading one with the six five when he got the Tika and he he got together with that reloading guy. There's a guy local and actually it's in Wheat Ridge. I just I drove by it by Armadillo. The um there's a reloading zone down yes, there. Yes, yep. that place. And I've never been. I in send it. people there all the time. What yeah. is that? I've never been it's in it. Exactly what it sounds like. The reloading zone. They have all the reloading stuff. They used to teach classes. That's I don't the know guy. what they do anymore. That's the guy. I think that Noah got a class from. It may have been, and they may not uh, like advertise it on you know the reloadingzone.com or whatever. Uh, it's down in Wheat Ridge. It's right in your neck yes, of the woods. Yes, it's, it's near Kafaru, not too far and from them. I see those guys from time to time. As a matter of fact, I saw them at SHOT this last year, and it was a group of them. I guess they you know, took a handful of guys and sent them out there, and they were like, hey, we're from the reloading zone. I, was like, I know exactly who you are. And they're like, really? 
We can. I send people down to you all the time because you guys got all the shit that you need to get reloading done. Plus, I think you offer classes. They were like, yeah, that's us. Yeah. So, um, nah, maybe so we should go over there cool. and get them yeah. on a podcast or something. But, yeah, you know, Noah did that a cl- would be That would be a, actually really good yeah. idea. The, but the, Noah did a class with them, and then he did a presentation, and I went to the, his school with it. And then he's been out and then shooting Pawnee. So he's been he, shooting he Pawnee. He uses yep. Pawnee as his training ground. As his test ground for yeah. a lot of stuff, yeah. And, um, you know, because, like, the first time he reloaded, uh, he brought that Tika out in the 6.5, he was going super slow, like 2,500 feet per second. And I was like, no, dude, you got to yeah. really get that up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Jump that up. Yeah, and so then that's when I think he did the class and everything. But mentoring with someone like a Noah, it, it's important I think, you know, going back to the to uh, Sergeant Keenan there, the book smart side of things, mm-hmm. Noah started out understanding the, the theory mm-hmm. and the book side of it. And at now he's bringing in the practical application part. Right. And his parents are doing it right. They're encouraging him to do this stuff and they're encouraging him to be around folks like us, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, going out to Pawnee, you know, we try to watch our language and everything like that. But again, you get a bunch of guys together and we forget that, you know, kids are around, but he's not a kid. I mean, he's a teenager. And we forget that we, we drop that mentality and we bring you in and say, okay, this is how you're going to do it. And then it's task condition standard because that's yeah. the background that we're from. And they're only going to be as safe as you are. Right. And, you know, and, and when you're, when you're instilling that one-on-one with somebody, they're only going to be as safe as you are. Yeah, no, for sure. I, and, and and he's been really good with all that. And I just had something in my head I wanted to mention with with that. And I and it just fell right back out. It'll probably come back. Yeah, it'll, it'll come back. But no, for sure, um, he his parents are super supportive. They're doing the, the right thing, bringing him around. And if one can't, the other one shows up, you know, and it, it's back and forth. Yeah, so when that whole, when, when that was going down, um, we were, it was me, Paul, and a couple other dudes uh, Stu from Troust was mm-hmm. there. Um, we were like, hey, instead of doing the match this weekend because I have certain days that I can dedicate to shooting and certain days that I can dedicate to this kind of stuff, um, we, were, we were like, you know what? We need to go back. We need to slow down. And this is in January. It was January time frame. Yeah. We need to go back. We need to slow down. Not shooting the match this, this weekend. Let's go out and shoot our range. Let's get down. Let's have fun because we're – so you yeah. get some weird. You hear that? Yeah. yeah, you get some weird things. Let me do your mics this, uh, this a second. We'll just talk. But um, okay. Yeah. See if that changes it. Mike gets this weird, uh, like. That was like. Yeah, you like heard a it. Ghost breathing into the microphone. Yeah, I don't know what the heck. I'm gonna try to see if I can figure out what it was. We'll only do one mic. Or Maybe something. I have my own Norbit. Yeah, he's got a Norbert in the house. Norbert. See, and like, look, my peaks are like really good, and then you have this like wow, 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 wow going on. So yeah, Mike's sure. got like a crazy ass ghost thing happening What's here. What's ghost? Anyways, um, so we decided that we were going to uh, hit our range and slow everything down and have fun. We brought out pistols. We, you know, we brought out mm-hmm. you know, precision rifles and everything. And um, I had, um, I had told Nate's dad, or not Nate's dad, Nate, his dad, yeah. Noah's dad. I had told him that if he needed us to bring him to Pawnee when there's a match. Just, you know, send me a text or something. Right, let us know. And then he had sent me a text the night before, and he was like, hey, you going to Pawnee? And I was like, oh, shit, no, I'm He not. asked me, too, yeah. and I said, I'm not going. Yeah, I said, I'm not going. It was pretty nasty out, too, weather-wise. It was, and I was like, but we are going to our range, so if you want 
we can take Noah with us and go to our range and practice on some stuff. And then he can see kind of behind the scenes of what we're doing, how we're testing things and what we're doing to slow ourselves down and concentrate on fundamentals right. and make wind calls and, um, you know, set up our own course of fire and where we are going to start with the process. Right, right. The shot process. The shot process like right. we talked about. So um, being able to, and the good thing about that is knowing somebody like on a personal level allows you to personalize their training. Mm-hmm. So that next step in mentoring, you know, you, you already know who they are and what they're capable of and kind of what their, you know, what their motivation is you're able to snap in and snap out of, okay, well, you know, now we're going to learn something. I need you to pay attention. Right. And then that not beat them down, but bring them well, up. And, and as an example, the first time I ever went out with Noah, and it was kind of similar conditions, more wintry, colder, mm-hmm. the whole thing. We went to 800 yards. You know, he had a brand new rifle, just trying to figure it out. He wasn't quite so, you know, here he had never shot that far. We took him to 800. Well, then he goes to Pawnee and their shots to 1200. Well, now you took him out even farther. So it mm-hmm. was a step process. It was. It was. Each increment, we're taking him out a little farther, a little different, and we're not overwhelming him. I guess which, that's my point. Yeah, and which was fun because when I go out and get on the gun, regardless of where we're going, you know, if we're if we're doing some type of training, we're on our range, I say first shot's at 600 yards. Yeah. I should already have my dope. Unless I have a different gun and I need to get dope, I'll shoot it at 100, then I'll shoot at 800, then I'll come back and shoot at 6. Just to, you know, true up the data. But my gun is already set. So I was like, everybody lay down, we're shooting at 600 yards. Right. I'm going to give you three shots to hit it. And he's like, oh, my scope's not adjusted. And I'm like, Noah, what are you doing, dude? (laughs) You don't take your scope off the night before you're going to go shoot Start fucking with things, and now we got to go down range. We got to lift up the stupid hundred yard target. Now we got to shoot that. Right? Is that what you want to make us do? So I, I was like, I'll tell you what, we'll walk you on the target at six hundred. Give us a couple shots. So we did our best to get him there. You know, we got a shot at six hundred. I was like, all right, now zero your shit. Let's go to the hundred yard range. You know, just because I wanted to see what he was capable of under right. just a little bit of pressure, because you had worked with him. Now it's my turn to talk a little mm-hmm. shit in his ear and work with him too. And he was able to perform, and he performed so well. That once I feel that you're good at a yardage, I'll move you on to the next yardage. Right. Or I'll find a smaller target at that yardage, and I'll say, hey, I want you to shoot I want to get here. that reset up. We need to definitely get a day to set that range up. I want the three sets of targets, that small, medium, large. Mm-hmm. And I think we've added over the years so many targets. That we, yeah. Now we need to put them in a better order. Yeah, we because to, we have just random shit yes. out there, and we're just like, dude, what is that app? We have, Where did I move that? We have to? like, like you, know, you gotta zap it over a hundred targets with that Terrapin X. Terrapin X. Terrapin X. Um, I'm a huge believer. I'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's for a whole nother episode. But yeah, so anyway, um, no, we need to go and and kind of give a, a tune up to the range and get some of your guys to come out on a Saturday and just. Really do quick. a little range day. Yeah, do a quick range day. And all we really need to do is rearrange the T-post because, like I said, there's plenty of targets. Um, we just need to rearrange them into a more logical order. I like in kind of my methodology, I like the idea of a logical order. And so that's kind of why I like bringing even like Which a, you're so erratic, people don't believe you. When right, you say, that's yeah. totally. I'm on, Yeah, I'm, but he's different on the range, trust me. Trust me when I say that. He's <laughs> He has a an order... That is there, and it's there for a reason. You follow it. It's yeah. not as erratic well, as class, you would think. The class it has yeah, the a class, method. It in- has a it has a structure. It has a focus, and it's a 
crawl, walk, run. Right. And I'm a scatterbrain for me, but yeah. when I do my class, I have it. You start asking him questions. He has the answer for it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's, it's, to me, it's a logical order of how the student is going to move. And, and I'm always tweaking that part of it and looking to change. Like now, I'm, you know, I have that Minnesota class that's going to be at that Gopher Hill, and that's a two day. So it's less time with students and I'm probably going to have more students there because their line can afford it well I'm looking at that class to do unique and to do like we said where it would be like a fundamental wind and take out all the little pieces in the middle that we don't have to worry about where I'll do it more like a seminar where we're going to say okay fundamentals prone here we go Wind calls. Like a little clinic. Yes, a clinic. Wind calls, here we go. Alternate position methodology, here we go. Let's move on. Well, here's the cool thing, too. Uh, you know, putting on a clinic or putting on a seminar or something will be a lot easier for us next year mm-hmm. because of our new building. We actually have a, an entire classroom, classroom right. where we can get like 50 people in there. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, we could be like, okay, you, you think know, the on building this will be done by for, next year? Uh, that's what they're saying. They've already started pushing dirt around. Oh, so. have they? Oh, yeah. They broke ground? Okay. Yeah. Well, they haven't. Uh, broke ground i think they're leveling everything yeah, off yeah. To, to get there um they just didn't want to do it during the winter so um but adding that you know a, another level for us as a, you know being mentors um like we were talking to uh, sergeant keenan on the last episode where he was saying his dad taught him the mm-hmm. fundamentals of this and he was able to do that because it's easier than putting him through a training course at that age um you know learning the basics about guns and keeping your finger off the trigger but because you know, he knows his habits and he knows his kid and he knows, you know, how he was taught. And again, this is a game of telephone coming on down the line. Right. So it's, you know, having something good and sharing that piece of good with somebody and then having somebody else come in and say, hey, can you help me out? There's nothing wrong with that. And that's I think that's kind of what we accomplished with young Noah mm-hmm. is that, you know, you can instill what's important to you and I can instill what's important. And to I don't me. think we sped them trying to push them too fast. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because that's a big thing is you don't want them to jump them in too much where they get overwhelmed. Shooting has to be fun. Yes, it has to be fun. When I was learning long range uh, or precision rifle. Adam was teaching me a majority of it. Right. So I get a lot of habits from him. So I have a lot of bench rest habits because bench rest is important to him. And that's how mm-hmm. he was doing it. So there's a lot of things that I can go go back on and say, well, why am I doing it this way? I'm doing it this way because this is how I was told to do it. And this is the information, the why that was given to me. And this is why I do it this way. And I think this is the best way to do it for now. You get a weird echo, man. I don't know what it I is. Know. With I don't know. It's, it's your voice. It only does it like looking at the thing. It only does it with you. Possessed. It's doing it again. It was, Aliens. It, but it, it didn't Was do it like... It. <sighs> yeah, it's totally... Is it like, weird? It's, it's... I took... Yeah. That's, a, that's the yeah. crazy one, yeah. No, I had to take my headphones off, so now everything sounds weird because I've had them on for the last hour and a half. Yeah. But no. uh, anyways, it, shooting has to be fun. There was a point where he was, like, he was getting on my ass one day. And I was just like, dude, this ain't fun anymore. Right. Yeah, why are you yelling at me? Like, <laughs> like you, why aren't you hitting this target? I told you to hit it right here at this time. I think, you know, and I'm just like, okay, I need to, I need unload. I need to take a break. I need yep, to step yep. back. I'm going to go he, Even he was like, dude, why am I getting so mad? I'm like, I don't know why you're getting mad, but you're getting mad at me. And I don't like it when you're mad at me. So tell me what I can do to fix it. So we busted out some 22 pistols mm-hmm. and grabbed some brass off the range and started throwing them up in the air and shooting them out of the sky. Nice. You know, so, you know, we we brought back the fun to it. 
And then we were like, okay, let's get on the rifles. And at the time, there was a prairie dog uh, uh, town yeah. that was in between those two power lines. Right, right, before they poisoned them, yeah. So all we had to do was shift our view from 12 o'clock on the range to like 11, 10 o'clock, we call it 11.30, and then we're shooting at prairie dogs at 600 yards, and that was fun. Yeah. And he ended up smoking one at like 934 yeah, yards to the center on the, the run. I was like, dude, you'll never, we had to, we drove out and found it and zapped it back to the firing position. There, it was from, unbelievable. To the center of the prairie dog town from the edge of the firing line, 700 yards. To 700 yards. Yeah, and then it goes, it goes between those power lines, so you get the range. And all that stuff. So when you're when you're doing that kind of stuff, you have to come up with kind of a plan in your head. If you've never taught somebody something, you know, you have to come up with some sort of plan for positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. What mm-hmm. are you going to do if they're not doing the thing that you want them to do? Are you going to get mad at them so they don't want to do it? No. You have yeah. to find something that's, a ne- you know, negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement. Uh, you know, there is... I, I talk shit a lot when we're on the range. Okay. I talk shit. That's what mm-hmm. I do. I'll be standing on the on the spotting scope, especially when I'm shooting with guys that are like, like your guys, like my right, guys. Right. I'm like, do you want me to call your misses? It's a lot easier to call those. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then as soon as they pull the trigger, I'll just say miss, <laughs> whether they hit or not. You know, right, and right. I'll give them a correction if they, you know, if they did miss. But we like to have fun like that. People who don't understand our sense of humor when it comes to that. Don't like to have fun like that. Well, that's why we have a private range, so we don't have to associate with... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, in again, that positive reinforcement, when you get them out to a certain distance, explain it to them. Like, dude, we had Noah on at 1,770 yards. And he was like, I shot a mile. That's the furthest I've ever shot. I said, dude, you shot over a mile. That's 1,770 yards. Yeah, it's like 75, yeah. 77 so, or something. So you shot another 10 yards past that mile. So what does that tell you? That We go to our target? No, son, we go through our target. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't run a marathon, and then when as soon as you hit the tape, you stop. Right. You run through that finish line. Yeah, follow through, man. Yeah, follow through. So, that, right. you know, you have that, okay, here's why I want to do it. And, you know, there's certain things that you can say to get them engaged and make it click. And that's what's important because that's what they remember. They remember the good stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, they don't, they don't, they, if you do negative stuff like military training, um, you do something wrong, they smoke your ass. Right. Right. And now you remember how terrible it was because you did all those push ups. <laughs> you know, like, hey, the, the ground's uneven over here. Why don't you push it down a little bit? Mm-hmm. And then you, you're over there getting smoked, you're doing your thing. And you remember how much it sucked, you don't, you know, in, in certain aspects of it, you know, why you're there and you know why you're doing it and you know, the, you know, the, the eventual outcome, but while you're going through that process, it can either suck or it can be really fun. Right. Right. So you just need to find a happy medium between the two because you do sometimes need to get in their head and get in their ass. Like, Hey, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know that you have a failed result because of it. <laughs> well, it's like we don't try to end on a miss. Right. You don't want to yeah. end on a miss. Oh, no. You want that positive reinforcement that every, even if you, you hit it twice, we say, listen, you're going to get three hits. You hit once, you hit twice, you miss. You miss. You miss. It's like. What are you doing? Right. Fix it. Yeah. Now they get that third hit. It's like now you can move on. Right. You know, and regroup. Figure out what's going on. Yeah, it goes back to a lot of the mantra that you, you're always talking about is we're, you know, I'm going to give you three shots. I see you, if I know you can hit it, 
I'm going to give you three shots to engage it. Right. It's 500 yards, dude. That's a chip shot for what we're doing. It's a big target. It's a chip shot for what we're doing. Hit that target for me, please. Yeah. You know, give them a wind call and send them on their way. It got to a point during that day, it was kind of like he was going through one of our classes that we're having this summer. It was like he was going through one of our classes because we had to zero him. I had to check his zero. Mm-hmm. And then he is kind of in the initial stages of understanding how to call wind. So I would get on the gun, put him on the spotter, and make him call wind for me. Right. Which is a good and, way of doing it. Right. For, yeah, so totally. That, and I gave him, I said, okay, here's the tools, dude. Here's what I want you to understand. Can you understand these two numbers? Yes, I can. You know what we should do? Have every Give everybody a yard line and make them do the wind for us. Absolutely. That's yeah. what I was doing when yeah. I, when when he was taking a break. I'd say, "Okay, I'm getting on the gun. I need you on the spotter, and you need to you need to make give my wind call. call." Because if he's going to give me a bad wind call, I know I'm going to miss. I'm still going to miss because he needs to understand where he made me shoot. We're probably building ourselves a ton of competition out there by telling everybody what we do. Probably, and that's okay. Man. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't give a fuck. You, yeah, you can you can come to the OG, or you can go to the you know yeah, guys yeah. that are down the line that are trying playing telephone and trying to take our information and make it theirs. That's whatever. I just think it's funny. Yeah, but I mean that's you know a drill that you can do with somebody to get them to understand right what you want them to do and how you want them to do it. That way, he knows how to make a correction to get me on target. I told him, I said, these are your three shots. I know I can hit this, but you need to get me to hit it. Yeah. We need to be speaking the same language. Right. I'm, I'm going to be the dumb monkey trigger puller. you got to tell me yeah, what tell to me do. Yeah, tell me where to go. Right. My, my dope is dialed on, and, I, and I'll put, I'll make my prediction on the plate and then hold where I'm supposed to be, and then he'll tell me where I'm supposed to be, and yes. I'll move. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll shoot, and I'll miss. Or hit, or whatever. You know, right, but, whatever the case is. Yeah, whatever the case is, and then let him make the adjustment. Now... Being on a spotter and being on a gun are two different things. I got a spotter now. I didn't bring out the the Suaro. Mm-hmm. I brought out this new Vortex I've been playing with. Yeah, I still haven't got a hold of Scott to get you an eyepiece. Okay. So I don't have a uh, I don't have I'm a reticle not. in that yeah, one. Yeah, I got. So what I have to do is use in my head. I have to use a reference point and go. Okay, well, how many target lengths is it? So if I miss off the left side, mm-hmm. I can go. Hey, measure the target. Your two target lengths off of the left side. Right. Make that correction. You have to give them a a number. You have to give them something. Well, that's if it's if it's a half a plate. If, half if a it, plate's if, width. If, yeah, yeah. If it's if rather if it's point six for the plate, and you need a three tenths correction, you got a half a plate to the left. You know, because yeah. so that way they can measurement. Mm-hmm. The, you know, task condition standard again. It's it's all that stuff coming into one thing and going okay. I have something that I can base this off of. But making him understand that, too, because he doesn't yeah. have a reticle in the spotter. I'm like, where am I at? How far off? You can't say, well, you're 30 feet to the left. Right. What does a foot look like at 1,000 yards? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. So tell me in, well, in the de- method it, of... It, it, it depends, man. It's six, oh, yeah, six half the plate. Equal, yeah. Six equals nine. <laughs> yeah, half the plate. Uh-huh. So... Um, but you need to help them acquire those tools, but you have to guide them. And if yep. they don't understand, put them in that situation so that they do understand. Right. So. No, it's all good stuff, man. That's definitely, uh, the, I think that it's important. We're in the new season mentoring the kids. If, if hey, if it's something you don't, it's expensive, I get it. Do the 22 stuff, man. Those CZs are really good, and I don't think they're expensive. What's a CZ go for? 
like 400 500 bucks there you go and put it well in they got stock. this new one the 457 yeah the new one that is dope it's right. in that manner stock and it has a 60 degree bolt throw there you go and in 22s man you guys don't have to go center fire big to start like one of the things with my daughter i suppressed the snot out of her starting everything she shot was suppressed you know you don't have to go big uh you know i was talking about the other day with the voodoo the 200-yard target is the same as my 1,000-yard dope. Wind and everything is similar. So it was like, here I can shoot to 200 yards, and it's treating me just like my 6.5 at 1,000. Mm-hmm. And you can do that for not as much money. You could do a 10.22 and get a Victor Titan stock, you know, from Michael Victor. You could do the CZs and do a Manners or some of the other ones. Or you a KRG. Could, right, a KRG. They're pretty cheap. They're you, better than a Magpul. Yeah, there you go. And, and the KRGs and stuff, the Bravos and everything are really good. You can do the um, the Voodoos if you have a little bit more disposable income and put them in anything and go to town with it that way. And the Voodoos are just hammers, man. They're, they're, they're truly impressive. Uh, 22 type rifle system to, to make a trainer. But there's trainer, there's ways of doing this and getting kids spun up and mentoring and teaching people without the money. Without outright. spending a fortune. Right. You know, you, you got a brick of 500 for, fun. you know, a good brick of 500 costs you, sets you back 50, 60 bucks. Right. You know, and that's for a good brick. You want something that's, you know, subsonic or something yeah. like that. You want to shoot at 25 yards at little small dots. Cool. Get some subsonic stuff. Throw a suppressor on there. I, It'll we, sound like a little rubber band gun going on. It, I, I actually had to look with the voodoo and the, and the thunder beast. I mentioned this on the other one. When I shot the first round... That's such a killer combo. It, it was so quiet, and I was like, did that go off, yeah. or was that just... Is it stuck in the barrel? Yes. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of squid. And um, I, I actually looked, and I saw the hole in the paper down there, and I went, oh, because I was zeroing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had swapped scopes and did some stuff. And so when I was zeroing it... I'm What'd looking, you zero it at? Uh, 50. 50? Yeah, I zeroed it at 50. And um, so I was looking at it. And I just was cracking up because, I mean, just it's so it's a subsonic round. I took it to 200 yards at the time, and it's damn accurate. I mean, it's doing three-eighths or better at, with just the prime I was shooting was probably quarter-minute groups there, you and, know. Yeah, and having a twenty-two at your disposal like that will allow you to see your mistakes. It's, it's more it or less— highlighted huge mistakes for me. It does, especially when you're shooting in a position, so— the kneeling, standing, tripod, yeah. or something like that, you can see everything that you're doing. It's going to tell you. You can watch the round go downrange, and you can see where it's going and where it's hitting the paper. I was diagnosing stuff I had no business diagnosing, and I was coming off task, going through repeated checklists that had no business being in that process. Mm-hmm. The Be- shot process. Yeah, in the shot process. I had, I had tasks happening in my shot process that had no business being there, and the 22 highlighted it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I'm saying that's a good mentoring training rifle yep. is because you can say, okay, I asked you to do this. This is why this is happening. You, mm-hmm. Now you have a why. This is the result of you listening, yep. and this is the result of you not listening. So now we can move into center fire stuff, or we can move out to greater distances. Mm-hmm. We can you know, start to get into the first phases of that wind calling. Why would I call wind like this? It's going to affect that little round, especially when you start getting out to I, distance. I had a mil and a half to two and a half mils of wind uh, at any given time when we were shooting, or when I was shooting the 22 out there the other day and doing the video and stuff. 
Um, so I was working wind and enough to miss that uh, 45% IPSC at 200. Mm -hmm. Like the wind was knocking it off that plate. You know, I was shooting probably a, a, about a three-minute group. I don't know what the what the accuracy potential is in anything, but within the wind, I was shooting about a three-minute group at 200 yards or in about three inches at 200. Um, not a three-minute at 200, but it was three inches at 200. And it, it was um, it, the wind would blow enough to throw you off the plate, mm -hmm. you know, at any given time. You really have to consider the match shooting versus the lazy day range shooting. So yeah, where, yeah. you know, you're trying to instill something. Being at a match is not the time to instill something. That's the time to test what you've instilled. Yes. And, and, and I use it a lot more as training, which I shouldn't, but I don't really care. But I'm going there and I'm working on shit like every stage is randomly different for me because mm -hmm. I'm trying something. Well, one of the things that Adam and I used to do is... But that's a wrong way of doing it. One of, well, and that's kind of one of the things that Adam and I used to do is, okay, whose gun are we shooting this weekend? Okay, whose scope are we shooting this weekend? Whose bipod are we shooting this weekend? Yeah. And then we'll both zero the gun. Yes, that's exactly what I see did. See who's off. And then may the best man win with this, you know, hodgepodge gun that we put together, you know, a couple weeks prior, got it zeroed mm -hmm. or zeroed that morning just to see if we could pick up a gun and start shooting. If I can pick up his gun and start shooting. He could pick up my gun and start shooting. Right. You know, and it got to a point where that's, that's what we were working on was, you know, how, you know, how tricky can we get with each other? to try to set them back and try to sandbag them. And then, you know, and we would get really close. He'd win some, I'd win some. He'd mm -hmm. win some, I'd, I'd win some. But then going back to that comfort level of my rifle where I was just like, okay, I got to stop shooting everybody else's shit. Yeah. I need to shoot mine. Well, that's and what I And I need was, to become more proficient and stop fucking around. I, you know, I had gotten the barreled action in. No round went through it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to shoot this barreled action. Now, I have 100 guns ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I have the barrel. Yeah, you've kind of in the last few months, you've you've been kind of really planning that stuff out. Like you're like, okay, action barrel's going in this chassis, and that's where it's going to live. Yeah, action barrel is going in this chassis, and well, that's where that's, that's going to live. And I'm, and it's not even living there. I've already pulled it out and moved it around and stuff. It's in an MDT right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it was in the JP before that. Before that, it wasn't shot. But I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, I'm going to go to rifles only. Well, I'm going to shoot this barrel action in this chassis with this scope. All of them have, the barrel action was never shot other than the 12 rounds that I did before I came down. But before I put it in, it had never been shot. Then the chassis, had never used it, found that little wiggle. Then the scope, I shot it one day. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting all these things together to go to an event that I have no practice because it was minus five, snow on the ground. Right. And I'm going down to South Texas. And you just like, like rolled in, got a couple cases of ammo, and you're off to the races. Yeah, and it yeah. was completely a shit show. Yeah. So, yes, you have to prep, you have to know, and don't be, don't do what we do. Because I'm running into this problem again where it, 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 I'm getting a t uh, uh, reached out to for reviews, for testing, for different things. It's season. Yeah. And I'm taking it with me, 
and I'm going, okay, let's see what's going to break and what won't work, and let's see what I can fix for these people. Yeah, and it's not a matter of... It's becoming oh, a training scar with me. It is, and, and it's it's not even a matter of what's going to break. Like, the first thing in your head is, okay, I'm going to run through this and run through my checklist on what's important, and right. I'm going to provide them feedback. Yes. But what it's doing is it's pulling you away from the this task. right here. It's pulling you away from this right here. Now you have three things going on. You're like, I'll just throw this together and shoot it. Yeah. And I'll take the, you know... I'll take whatever information that I can from it and then I'll send it back to them with the review. And, well, and but I'm, it's but it's fucking you up. Right. Because you're going, dude, I can't sit down and focus on this one thing because I got five things to look I'm at real at the time range. talking with yes. the company. Hey man, I found this going on. I'm real time talking instead of looking at the stage. Right. You know, so I'm 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 I need to kind of get out of that. But in a way, using the equipment during a competition is a good way to flush it out. But when it's brand new and you're not in on it, it's like becomes this double-edged sword of get some reps in with the stuff. Go out there and, and, and use those that time that you have to actually know it so you're not guessing while, when you're on the clock. So this is a going back to mentoring. This is a monkey see, monkey do. That person that you are, you know, driving into this sport you know you're picking up stuff along the Mm -hmm. way in this minivan right you got them sitting shotgun they're learning from you as you go this isn't something you know like you get your rifle to teach them and you get them their rifle to teach them and then you sit down and you go over that stuff with them you just don't start throwing everything at them as fast as possible and changing up their equipment left right and center get them to a point where okay well now they can advance on to what you would consider your next step not what's the best chassis on the market. Well, let's swap this chassis out three times this year. Which know? is crazy. Yeah. And, and, Why and, don't you just yeah. let them shoot it, get them comfortable with it, let them struggle. Adapt to yeah. it. Yeah, adapt to it, and then get them something, you know, what's the next step? Or make them work towards it. If they're your kids or something like that, hey, do you want this chassis? Yes, okay, well, guess what? You're going to be mowing the lawn for the next, you know, you know, for the, the entire mowing season, mm-hmm. and you're going to turn on the Everyday Sniper and listen to the shit they got to say to you. Right. You know, so... You have to, you know, find that, you know, that bait, I guess you could say, that carrot and, you know, let it work for you and give them that positive and negative mm-hmm. reinforcement. Don't just make them do something for it. Give them work. I like the idea. Go mow the lawn or, yeah. you know, help your mom do whatever you got to do. Yep. Time versus fundamentals and going back to match shooting. We have to instill the fundamentals before you can just throw them into a match. You throw them into a match, the the fourth or fifth time they shot, and you think, oh, they're good enough now. Let's get them in there. Mm-hmm. You throw them into a match, they're going to lose. They are going to lose something, whether it's patience right, or whatever it is that you taught them didn't stick. They're going to lose a fundamental, and now they're going to go back to, well, what worked for me here because I got a hit. It may have been lucky as hell. Yeah. And they're going to go back to that, and they're going to start developing the training scars, don't, the negative habits. Don't underestimate the amount of butterflies you'll get showing up at an event. Right. You know, I really think people underestimate that first stage in the morning feeling of, oh, shit, now it started. And I think that that's a Get point. Get the first one out of you. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a point of underestimation of that. I mean, I don't know about you, but with me, I still get a, an, a, an apprehension in the beginning of the day. Absolutely. I do much better on the second day than I do on the first. But at the same time, I'm... um. It's it's. I think people underestimate just how nervous you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you're gonna fall back on positive 
reinforced fundamentals and things like that versus becoming that spaz because you're not going to rise to the occasion. You're going to default. Right. And you're going to start taking steps out. So as a you know person coming into the sport, you're like, okay, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, but now I have less time to do it. Well, you haven't built that muscle memory of into, speed, of right. speed and being accurate. You've built the muscle memory of, okay, bolt comes up, comes back, goes forward. Boom, I take the shot. Bolt comes up, comes back, goes forward. Boom, take the shot. Oh, I ran into something else or I have to switch targets. Yeah, new target. Now, now what's your checklist for switching targets? Oh, change the elevation, parallax out, blah, 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 on down the line. Yeah, three, minutes, have, three minutes later, your first round goes off versus... Because you couldn't find the first second. target yeah. because you're so jacked up and you're you're looking, you're a prairie dog over the top of your scope and you're just looking around. You're mm-hmm. not orienting the gun to the target. You're not orienting yourself right. to the gun. Find it with your eye, kill it with the scope. So you have to remember all these steps and you got to do them a thousand. So whatever the, the new number is for muscle me- built in muscle memory. 9,000. Yeah. Oh, 300, oh, 9,000, 9, 1 billion. No, 9,000 is to fix a bad 3,000 is to make a Whatever, you know, like <laughs> you do it, you do it as many times as you need to feel confident and comfortable. Yeah. And then in training, put them on the clock. Call me in 20 years and we'll talk. Yeah. Put them on the clock in training, you know, and, and give those after actions and real time feedback when, you know, you may fire a 10 round magazine at one target and hit three out of 10. There's going to be an mm-hmm. after action. In, there. There's got to be feedback. Th- the, th- this is a thing that's uh, Sergeant Keenan brought up. I brought it up with Taylor and the different things that go back to not only the the military, but the sniper aspect of it, the Kim's game side of it. Quiz them on those five rounds. Say you shoot five rounds with somebody in your What did you see? What did you see? Give them a quiz that they might not be expecting. So now it's going to make them think if you go, hey, shot three, what did you do on shot three? Talk me through that one. Which one was three? You tell me. You shot it. You know, give them a quiz back. That'll then force them to recognize each shot as an individual and not, I just shot a group, but I shot five rounds. Yeah, and chances are they'll they'll give you a BS answer. It'll be, oh, so here's, here's, mm-hmm. here's my example. I'll be on the spotting scope, and I'll be like, okay, I need a three-tenth uh, wind hold. Pull the trigger. And they miss. And now I'm going, I know that was a good win call. Mm-hmm. And I asked the shooter, was that you? Uh, yeah. Okay, you, you, were, were you holding three-tenths? The wrong way. Uh, give me a three-tenth win hold. Yeah. Psh, clang. You okay. can tell by that hesitation <laughs> yeah. and that reaction. And I need to know because if I gave you the wrong call, I need to correct it. Instead of chasing that call mm-hmm. and going, okay, well, he didn't give me three tenths i need six tenths and that doesn't sound right but i'm going to give it to you and now we're six tenths off the plate yeah okay well what are you doing down there right or they usually hold it backwards yeah most of the time they held it backwards yeah you're like okay i'm gonna give me me three tenths left wind (laughs) yeah and they held the left mill dot not the right one you know the left main crosshair to the left they went to the left dot right so uh, establishing some sort of communication but like frank said going okay well on your third, fourth shot, mm-hmm. you fucked that all up. What'd right. you do? Why Why did you shoot that? Why? What yeah. was going on there? What was the thought process? I don't know. Cool. Get down behind the gun and do it again. Mm-hmm. And tell me what you are doing. Yeah. You know? Plain English is fine. And what we're trying to develop 
with the mentorship of this, this is any way you slice it. This is the this is the future of precision rifle. Is the people that we are mentoring into those positions. You know, we're not all going to be around forever, right? And, I, and I'm having a new appreciation for some of the gamer guys. Kind of like more I stare at them and the more I watch them. Now they got reps in and they're all that. To me, the problem is is when they try to over game it. It's not so much. It, it, it it's again it's probably ten to twenty in a match. It's probably twenty five percent that I'm 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 not a fan of. But there's that seventy five percent. I think they do a really good job. That's worth kind of picking up some of what they do. So I'm gonna throw this at you. I'm gonna see if it sticks. You're okay. Gonna, let's those those guys. Mm-hmm. Let's call them problem solvers. Yeah, they're problem. They're solving, problem solvers. But they're solving a problem that's technically not there. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. Okay. We know the intent. Well, there's gamers. Yeah. And there's problem solvers. I think that they're they're two different types of people. Okay. So like like you're saying, okay, we walk up to a stage. Well, a gamer solving a problem that doesn't exist and a problem solver That's is solving the problem. Problem, right. Yeah. Okay. And then you have, you know, the guys that back off from that stuff and they're your I, I would call them your well-rounded marksmen. Yeah. They can pick up a gun and shoot it. Okay. But then you have, you know, the guys that step into, you know, a uh, We'll say a practical shoot and they're on a stage and the clock starts and they go, they have, they saw themselves in that position before they got there and they go, okay, what am I going to run into? And they're doing that like Russell Crowe math on the drawing yeah. board and everything. Uh, and, and, and here's, and I've seen this and I think there's a better way of doing it. Um, and I don't remember which match it was. It might've been an Arizona match. It might've been another one. If it, 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 to, to let's, again, I'm going to go back to buckets. Okay, we got we got a marksmanship bucket, we have a problem solver bucket, and we have a gamer bucket. It's stuck. Yes. See, now we got three right. shooters. Yes. All right. So anyway, that was Mike who said that. It, it, it's here's the thing. Every stage is looked at differently. At, differently. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it it is, but at the same time, they're looking at well, what can I do on a barricade to make it even easier? Mm-hmm. And just an example. I'm, I'm I'm making this generic. So you get a person that comes up. And shoots a barricade, puts a game changer on it, lays, goes down and does that. Then you get somebody who comes up and they put a game changer on it. They're trying to send a, a tripod or a monopod under the back. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to build a position on top. They of got two bipods two, on the front. Right, something. Yeah. They're doing something strange. It's like, okay, that's ridiculous. We know what this stage is. We know what it's supposed to be. Why do we need three other devices on top of the bag in my rifle. And if you haven't trained with that, don't attempt it. Right. But the thing is, is what I'm thinking is, let's have a problem-solving innovation stage where you game. Where this stage that I saw was like a, they took cloth or whatever and you make a, it's a spline stage. It's a, it's a room. Mm-hmm. You create, or, or Gunworks did it with the van. The van's closed off. You can't see what's in the van, but they tell you you have to build a position in the van. So there's like three items in the van you can use, or you could bring all your own stuff. Well, how about we have a stage where you come in to a room, and we say the only thing you can bring in that room is one bag and your rifle. Then you go into another room, and you say you can bring all your equipment in this room. And have a collection of items, and maybe it's a windowsill, maybe it's a hole, maybe it's a different set of targets, like where you have to get height and different things. 
build your position and be as innovative as you want, but nobody else can see what you're doing. Right. So they're going to solve the problem from their own way. And then when you go to an open stage, that needs to be shot with original intent. Mm-hmm. And this is on the match director to, to clarify that. So here's an innovation stage where you're looking for that innovation. You're giving people common items and you're saying assemble it. When that guy's done shooting it, the RO knocks it all apart. Then you go to this next one and you say, I'm going to let you do the same thing in another box, but with your equipment. Then every other stage should be shot normally or under intent. And that way there, you satisfy your marksman, you got your problem solving, and if your gamer wants to play a game, he can play a game. Right. You know, but it's recognized by everybody where you don't have somebody who's new who might not be in the right click and doesn't hear what's going on who suddenly realizes, I just saw somebody game a stage that I already shot and didn't know I can do. It's called influence. Yeah. So, and, and, and because that's where the that's where the butt hurt comes in, is that somebody goes up and shoots a stage how they feel the intent was written. Then the person who comes behind them and completely rewrites that intent, and the person in front of them goes, "What the hell?" Mm-hmm. And that turns into a a negative culture. Where, hey, let's bring it all back where we, we're all on the same sheet of music. Let's where, all play. Yeah, let's all. Because, hey, you've been to friggin' 25 matches in your career. You know what you're going to do and how you're going to play it. Now you got a guy who's there who's never been to one match who sees you do something that to him sounds completely out of the intent. That's yeah. going to cause a problem. That is going to cause a problem. That's going to breed that hate and discontent. Yes. That, you know, it's going to draw a line in the sand and you're going to say you're either on this side of the, either this side of the line or that side right. of the line. And then, you know, guys who don't even, you know, that shouldn't even belong on one side are, you know, thrown onto that yeah. side. And, and they're just like, you know, they just constantly throw, you know, throw and, somebody and under not, the bus. Like I said, I'm not so down on some, like I said, there's, there's, there's definitely some behaviors that need to be fixed. But at the same time, there's some there's some really kind of good work going on. It's just it gets clouded by mm-hmm. all that other mix. And what I'm trying to do is eliminate the haze and keep the clarity for everybody. And I think there'll be less drama and tension down the road. Because yeah. now we're all on the same page. Right now, we're not. Right now, there's, you know... There's 100 people at a match, and there's, and there's 75 individuals, mm-hmm. you know, out of that 100, and, and it creates a bit of an issue. Yeah. So you just need to pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. What did Sergeant Keenan say? Slow it down. Slow it down. Slow it down. Slow your roll, man. And, you know, bring to this sport what you want to see in the future, because... If you are a good shooter, people will learn from you. They will see you monkey see, monkey do. Even if you don't intend them to learn anything from you, just go out and shoot and mind your own business. You can be as reckless as you want, but somebody is going to follow in your footsteps at some point. So you can either make a positive example or negative example. There you go. And then somebody else has to reel them in and say, dude, don't do that. If you want to survive here, you need to do it this way. Right. And then they're going to... And that's, a, 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 like I said, huge topic on safety on Sniper's Hide. And it's written as the PRS culture of safety. 
And there's some really good, valid points. It's worth a read to go into the uh, Sniper's Hide section on, on competitions and read it because there's some good pro and con going into that, how the culture of safety needs to change. And everybody to a man recognizes it, but it's a goof to see where the defenses come in of what's happening today and where the condemnations come in and to see how the lines get drawn. And I think this goes back to gaming and not just safety as well, where safety is more important, but the gaming has also become a culture. And, you, you know, we see it in the politics where we have culture wars and politics. Well, we're in a culture war of, uh, that's political right now in competitions. Yep. And if you relate it to politics, we have a left wing mm-hmm. and we have a right wing and they're all connected to the same goddamn airplane. Yeah. And that thing is going to crash inside the mountain if you don't do something and stand up and do what is right. Yes, totally. We all need to go in the right direction. Yep. So anyway, cool. We're coming down to our time, man. Go ahead. Cruise this out. Close this out. So um, we're, we're, here, here's what it comes down to. The future of long range is mentoring and it's passing it down to that next generation of shooter. And if you are not capable of doing that, then, you know, take a step back and reevaluate yourself. Right. And, and reach out to somebody. If, if you don't feel you're the temperament to do it, not everybody is going to be, you know, class A instructor. So if you feel that that might not be the best role for you to play, well, then go to somebody. And, if, and honestly, if, if you've ever asked somebody to mentor you and they told you no, and, and I don't mean from a time or a personal standpoint, hey, I can't do it that day. I got to work, you know, but if they say, no, I'm not, you know, I got I'm my I'm not own, your guy. I'm not your guy and my own thing. Well, yeah, you can respect I'm not your guy, but at the same time, you really should kind of say, hey, man, this dude's being a dick. Yeah. You know, spend a little time. I get it if there's, if there's a, it, 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 you know, there's within reason, but it, yeah, find, find a guy. And on know? the mentor side, patience. Yes. You have to have patience of concrete. If you want that person to succeed, you're, you're going to have to be patient with them. And you'll have to understand and put yourself in their position and remember where you came from. Dude, you have like a fucking... Is it still doing it? A little it? bit. Not what all the, fuck, the time. Man? It's You know what it is? It's it's, all, it's whenever your, I say important shit, is it, it happening? No, it's, so it's all like right. washing it's, it out? It, it, no, it just goes... Whoa, whoa. It's like this kind of like high, low, high, low. Mm. Like it's cut. Like it's maybe like, it's the tones of my. It voice. is. It's the tone. The mic can't re- like resolve. I have the my tone. own tone. Yes, and the mic doesn't. It's a mic tone. The mic does not understand Mike. You're on the mic with Mike. You're on the mic with Mike. <laughs> All right, man. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the everyday sniper. Get over to sniper side in the forum. I'm actually getting the front page flushed out. Uh, Ivan was over there fucking with you. Yeah, they totally fucking zapped me. But, dude, I told you, in two days of me redoing it, mm-hmm. I had 450 attempts through the front door. 450 times in two days, they tried unlocking my front door mm. using different usernames that they think might be my username. Yeah. And they're getting blocked. You're like everything in Vladimir gone. Well, because they can, I can see now. I, I have a new. I, I I upgrade to like a pro level of security. I can see. There's like one guy in Russia right now that's just well, all India, pissed off that I said some shit. Slovakia, like that. Um, Pakistan, and then there's a Ukraine and a, and a couple others. But uh, yeah, man, they're 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 actually banging on the front door, not the back. 
Nice. Cool, man. Hey, guys, use the comment section. Throw some stuff in there. We uh, we do respond. We do read that stuff. Uh, there is some stuff that's just kind of rhetoric and generic. Um, we'll laugh at it and everything. To go through and, and thumbs up every single one of those comments is, uh, is not as easy as it sounds. Trying to Because you can only do it from your phone. You can't even do it from a computer. But throw some comments on there. Let us know what's uh, what's up in your world and, and how we're doing here. And if there's anything that you guys want to see, you know, you can always throw it in the uh, the sniper side section of the Everyday Sniper. And then uh, or reverse that. The Everyday Sniper right. section of Sniper. Sniper's high. There you go. There you go. And then uh, throw, us, uh, throw us some comments. Appreciate you. Peace. Out.